0: welcome to the time management podcast with me your host abigail barnes i'm a productivity coach global speaker time management author and award-winning entrepreneur on a mission to share the 888 formula with the world and to remind you that it's your time Leave it to me to bring you new time management tips, tricks, tools and strategies, to introduce you to guests' research and case studies from around the world, and to give you a simple five-step process you can follow to uplevel your productivity, achieve your goals, and create a life that exceeds your wildest dreams. I'm so excited that you're here, so let's get started. Welcome to the show. My guest today is the amazing Joan Burge. Joan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: I really, really can't wait for us to dive into this conversation today. Joan is a special treat, and you are going to take so many nuggets of wisdom. We have spoken previously to make sure that we get the entire conversation in a nutshell on this episode for you today. So buckle up, people. Joan, let's dive straight in. Who is Joan Burge? Top level overview.
1: Okay. Top level overview. I am the founder and CEO of Office Dynamics International. We are a global leader in the development and presentation of sophisticated training programs for administrative professionals all over the world um, and for every walk of life. And really, one thing I want to be sure to add is that prior to starting Office Dynamics in 1990, I worked in the administrative profession for 20 years. Wow. that, that's it in a real nutshell. Um, I guess a better way though, too, to define what I do. I, I write all the curriculums. I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer, an author, a coach, and I'm just passionate about the administrative profession.
0: Love it, love it, love it. I'm so excited to have you on the show and to hear your story. So obviously this is the Time Management Podcast. So let's start off right at the very beginning. What was your relationship like with time back in the day?
1: My relationship actually was pretty good with time um, in terms of managing my time, organizing my time. You know, I was married at a young age, uh, my early 20s, and that's what we did back then. We got married early. We had a house. You got a house right away. You usually had kids right away. And I was working a full-time job at least 40 hours a week, sometimes more than that. In those days, I had to iron the clothes, cook the dinner, do all the little errands, do all the little wifey things you do and mother things you do. So time to me was critically important. And I had to cram in a lot in a day and a week. Plus my mother was very sick and um, I was also involved in that. She suffered with severe manic depression, which we didn't even talk about. But as an executive assistant, time was, again, like I said, very precious. I had some outstanding jobs where I had a great deal of breadth and depth. So I think what helped me, you know, I was reflecting on this just this morning, Abigail. It goes deeper, right, than just time management tips. I recognize that I'm a quick to act, decisive person. I don't waffle. So That's what I was thinking about this morning is going deeper into myself. Who was I? I was naturally someone who was quick to act. So I could get a lot done where maybe there were other assistants who they were. They waffled more. They couldn't make decisions. And so it took them longer to do things. But um, I think time was always valuable to me. It did seem to go quite fast, though. And trying to juggle it all was quite interesting.
0: I love it. And so it's really sounding to me like your relationship with time was a a pretty good solid one from the start. And obviously it was your job in essence to help the people that you were working for and supporting to have more time to have the resources that they needed in order to be able to do what they needed to do. So, Joan, what would you say are things that have shaped how you've gone on on the journey, your wake up calls, your ahas, if you like, that have helped you to deepen your respect and understanding for time over the years.
1: So there were um, several wake up calls. And as you said, deepen my they have deepened my love and valuing of time, definitely. So the first big wake up call that I had, I know, shared with you was uh, when when I was young and my husband, Dave, and I, we were married. Like I said, we were young. We had our kids were little and uh, my father-in-law uh, was young. He was in his early sixties, I believe, maybe like fifties when he developed Alzheimer's. And so um, he was a gentleman who had worked hard all his life, a good corporate, solid man. Uh, and save for his retirement. They couldn't wait till he retired. And then they were gonna have their dream little house on this little island and do what they wanted to do, right, enjoy life. And so, like I said, in his 60s, when he um, developed Alzheimer's and his life ended early before his late 60s. And so Dave and I looked at that and the lesson we learned was we're not waiting until the kids leave the house and we do things. Or we're not gonna wait until we retire and travel like everybody else. You know, that's all people talk about. When I retire, I'm gonna do this. When I retire, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna enjoy this. So that shaped us thankfully at a very young age, you know, mid-twenties. And so our way to of approaching life was we're going to work hard and we're going to play hard, and we're going to enjoy everything now in the moment, and we're not waiting till our kids graduate and go off and do things. So that was the first really big wake up call, and and I'm very grateful that my husband and I saw it that way. You know that was the lesson we learned, and then the other huge wake up calls uh, were due to our own personal crises. So. Um, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at the young age of 57 and he fought that battle for three years and it was a really difficult one and I was his caregiver and he passed away at 60. So you know that boom, another lesson, you know, you never know in one day, your entire life can change just one day and you can do all the right things and things still happen to you, to your body, to whatever. And so um, during those three years of taking care of Dave, I was running my business. I was taking care of the household, taking care of the pets, doing everything. Um, But some of the lessons that I learned, one was to delegate that it's okay if Superwoman is missing in action. We didn't even talk about that, Abigail. But in the early on stages, of, of having to help him. And we'd have to go over to California. I live in Nevada for his treatments every other week. Uh, I wanted to do it all. I was trying to take care of everything. And I, people would ask me neighbors or friends would say, what can I do? Can I help you? And I'd be, no, no, no. I didn't want to impose on anybody. Right. And then one night as I was, it was about 10 or 11 at night. And I was by my bedroom door, having to go out into the kitchen to get something. And I just remember that I was standing there and it just dawned on me that I don't have to be a superwoman. It's okay if superwoman is missing in action, is what I called it. And from that point on, I started saying yes. When people offered to help me, I started delegating even, yes, you could go to the cleaners, you could go to the market, you can do this and that that was huge because as women we want to do it all we feel we have to take care of everybody be everything uh in the workplace and in our homes and there's this horrible guilt that sits on women if we don't so that and also watching dave struggle so much made me just realize how precious every single moment is so obviously that hugely shaped me Then in 2014, I had my own crisis um, medical issue in uh, July of 2014. I'll never forget it. It was July 4th, and I started experiencing tremendous pain in my head and neck and so forth. Anyways, turned out that I had a a massive rare skull-based tumor called the chordoma. There's one in one million people get that. One in one million. So, anyways, wow. um, yeah, and that was a one day. I mean, I found out I didn't have any previous. I guess there were some symptoms, but I didn't know it. I, it was like a sinus infection, but who would have thought, right? And so, in that one day, you know, I'd gone into the hospital that morning, and by that night, I found out I had this massive tumor. Um, and so we had to act very quickly. I was very incoherent, but I had my son and my sister who came over from California. And on top of all of that, I didn't know, but I had bacterial meningitis. So I was very, very sick. Um, I should have died. Um, and thank goodness for, well, first the good Lord, I have to thank the good Lord. And, um, but also I had amazing surgeons. So I went over to California. Uh, it was two weeks before I could actually have the surgery because they were trying to figure everything out. Um, I had 13 hour surgery and all kinds of just freaky things happened. I had intensive care psychosis for 48 hours. I thought I was dying. I didn't know if I was alive, was I like, dead. I thought I was left to die in the basement of the hospital. I thought I went blind. I mean, it was just horrific. So obviously, you know, those types of things really shape a person (laughs) and as you move forward. And uh, thankfully, they got about 95% of the tumor. So every year I go for my MRIs, I'm nine years into it, which is great with clear. um, So anyways, that was absolutely immense and took a very long time to recuperate. Um, And then in 2015, I found out I had to have open heart surgery just one year after that. So then I went, flew to Cleveland, Ohio. And again, another major operation for me. Um, The operation went fine. And then one week later, I was dragged back into the hospital with fluid buildup. And they punctured part of my heart by mistake and i was back in the emergency room so obviously my view of time is so different from most of the world um because it, it's just the most precious gift to be able to wake up every day and um you to be given this wonderful wonderful gift and and we have to choose what we're gonna do with that time we have because it can change, like I said, in a heartbeat and it changes everything. Joan,
0: thank you so, so much for sharing the stories. And um, it. I really feel like it truly is a privilege for me to hear them and for others to hear them. And just to get this perspective of the respect for time, I feel it's so, so hard to communicate to people who haven't almost lost it just how incredibly valuable it is. And so then you know this and all of the work that you do in your organisation and in the community is infused with this energy. Every time I talk to you, Joan, I come away so energised from your perspective and and respect for for time and for life so thank you so so much for sharing that what would you say you have really taken away as the fundamental perspective if you had to sort of sum it up and then how is this shaping your business your processes your lifestyle freedom how how do you use what's happened to you to live your life if you like
1: yes Oh goodness! Um, there, there are a lot of wonderful lessons. So, first of all, as I said, you know, every single day uh, we can wake up and and be out there is truly a gift. And you know the. The thing is, that's really odd to me when people say and complain, I have to go to work. Oh, it's Monday, I've got to go to work. And I'm like, yay, I get to go to work, yay, it's Monday, let's go. <laughs> so it's um, one thing, like I said, I it, it's great, um, it, it influences every aspect of my days. so one way, and I'll list some specifics, is to really make the most of every day in terms of what am I doing within the time I am allotted. And, you know, there are days where, and it doesn't mean that we have to constantly be busy. That isn't necessarily good use of our time. That's not the idea, is to be busy, busy, busy every minute of the day. I value quiet time. I now value just sitting on the outside looking at my dog and looking at the palm trees and, you know, having my cup of coffee or a glass of wine, I don't have to do a thing. And I'll sit there and I don't need anybody around me. So that's the other thing. You know, I love people, of course, more than anything in the world. I love to be with people, but I have learned that having that quiet time within myself is actually what helps me leverage time even better. You know, when I've had that quiet time or in the morning when I have that quiet time and I could kind of think and my mind's just free, you know, not like as you get into your day and you get bogged down with everything that's going on is when I actually have my greatest insights. And I know that's hard if for someone who lives at home and has kids and has a husband, you know, that's a little harder because you're pulled in a hundred directions. But I will also say at a young age, when I was a young mother, a working mother and wife, I did make time for myself every week. It was a rule. So uh, again, that's another area where I feel people feel like, Oh, I can't, I can't do that, but you have to do it because if you want to, you've got to get recharged, you know? (laughs) And so my greatest investment is investing in me and my time, my wellness, getting my massages, having fun with my friends, you know, whatever I do, I view that. So this is another lesson as an investment that pays big dividends when I take that time. Um, It's some of the other things, you know, it influences. I, I like that you talk about the word influence. I really thought about that and it influences what I do with my time influences my five pillars so the year after dave died i wrote a book for women called give yourself permission to live a big life and in that book that's where i identified my five pillars career family financial spiritual and wellness and the idea is to make sure i give equal attention to my five pillars over a year so this is another thing with time I don't believe and I don't use the word balance. Everybody talks about balance your personal and your work life. My pillars are never in balance. Maybe once on one weekend, I gave attention to all five, but it's not realistic and it's not sustainable. So take the pressure off yourself Um, because that's been one of my greatest lessons. So it's just over a year's time you know, did I give enough attention to my spiritual? If not, you need to make time for that. Um, your wellness to me is number number one, making time for my wellness because it impacts all my others. You know, if I take care of that wellness pillar, then I I can be on fire at work. Uh, and I know we you and I talked about time management, right? We all talk about time management, but now, the focus is, and I know you fully believe in this, Abigail, because we talked about it, it's energy management. It isn't, you know it it's, yes, if you manage if I manage my mental energy and my physical energy, I will be able to put more into the hours I have. Mm-hmm. I'll be bright, more creative. I'll solve problems quicker. I'll be in what I call my flow, you know, where things just come easier. So I get them done faster. I'm not going against the grain. So those that's the influence part, right? I'm influencing my to do list and my task list and how quickly I can move through things. I influence that by managing my mental and physical energy and incorporated into that is, you know, recently in the past year, I've really focused on information fatigue Mm -hmm. and decision fatigue. So those are all things we don't think about. You know, maybe we don't really think about what drains us. So I guess that's the other side of it is assessing within myself. What drains my energy? Yeah, I don't like a lot of details. I'm more of a big picture person, but obviously to write courses and programs and books, I have to get to the details, right? And I do. But I mean, as far as bogging myself down in the the little nitty gritty minutiae details, that drains my energy. So when I have a meeting or a couple meetings throughout the day, maybe where I'm focusing on financials and different things like that, I notice I'm more tired. Um, When I've been doing that creative brainstorming, oh my gosh, I could go for hours and hours and hours. Uh, So the more I'm talking with you, the more it's really striking me. It's really getting to know ourselves so well inside that we know what to leverage and what not to leverage. And we need to know when to pull back. Um, like one thing I, I, for years, I, I've really stayed away for years. I have stayed away from toxic people. I, and I've done this since I was in my twenties. If you're a negative Nelly, I don't need to listen to you and I'm not going to waste my time around that. So in other words, I still, you can't avoid those people in the workplace, right? We all have them. We know they're there. Um, and there's people even in our personal lives. You know, you could even go to the supermarket and the person at the cash register is just negative as can be. Well, I, I filter that out away from myself because I know that is draining. And if you have that happen several times a day through reading the news, through listening again, people drop negative comments. They're what I, they're, they're the pessimists in the world. I just cannot. I insulate myself. It's like, I hear you, but mm, I'm not taking it in. You're not going to bring me down. So there's enough in life that can bring us down that is out of our control. Mm. So um, wow. I heavily utilize my EA, you know, uh, and I know if you're an EA listening to this, you don't have your own EA probably, but I'm, for me myself, I am one executive who heavily utilizes my EA and I do delegate and let Malia take a lot of things off my plate so I can focus on the things that truly impact our business and and again, bring me joy that it's not the minutiae. I don't need to be in the minutiae, at least not at this stage after 33 years of having my business, right?
0: Mm. Um, Joan, what I'm hearing you say Is it's about prioritizing these five P's in the order that's relevant for you at the time in your life. And it's understanding your energy and how you feel, and asking yourself, was what I was doing helpful? And how do I feel as a result of it? Is really what I'm taking away from you're a veritable treasure trove of information is all i can say and people don't worry we will put a link to joan's book in the show notes so that you can grab a copy of this as well insofar as we are never going to have all those five pillars in balance balance is it's a trigger word for people but ultimately all we're saying is it's just the ability for you to identify are you happy with what you're doing are you not happy with what you're doing And what I'm really hearing from the conversation is you're not afraid to experiment in your life and you use how you feel as the feedback to whether you do more or less of certain things. And that's really what you're an encourager of for others is to become your own advocate for yourself. And... Once you understand yourself, I truly, truly believe that this is when you can then influence at the level that you want to, because it's your energy that's influencing. So on that note, let's really go into this concept of influence, if you like, because I know you have a conference that's coming up next year, and this is one of the pillars of your conference. So I'd love for you to explain a bit more about your perspective of it and insofar as how we can use this as a tool to increase our results at home and at work. So let's really dive a little bit deeper into influence and your perspective of it in relation to time.
1: Okay, wow, this is a big one. (laughs) Yes, I'm very excited. uh, because For our theme next year is the influential assistant shaping strategy driving success. And Uh, You know, it's interesting because um, I've talked about influence other times, you know, to assistants, we, you know, teach it on a small scale influence, we talk a lot about being persuasive, but they're close, but they're not the same thing. And so I started really digging into this whole concept of influence the last several months, in addition to what I know, I mean, I know. That I can definitely influence people. I can influence somebody, you know, when I'm going through the airport, I can influence somebody who's there at the pizza place that I'm in a hurry and I've got to get going. So, influence is an amazing skill to develop. And I, you know, we don't realize that every single day we can influence um, all facets of our lives so this whole piece of influence because we can influence our careers we can influence uh, the one piece i love is that we can actually shape the direction something takes after it happens we can be influential in that respect as to when something happens and especially those things that happen that we don't expect instead of feeling like you're the victim look for you where you can influence the outcome. So I I do like to be in control. <laughs> and so, but I'm not always in control. If You know, you think about all these situations I've had, I was not in control. I was not in control of the pandemic, but I influenced what we did um, and how it shaped us. And now we are bigger and better than we were even pre-pandemic. So meaning pre-pandemic, 90% of our work was on-site training where we went into the companies and I, we presented the workshops and so forth. And in 2020, of course, we had a pivot, everything got canceled, everything. That was our livelihood and it all got canceled. So what did I do? I influenced the direction of our company by pivoting and changing everything, taking all my content, converting it to virtual quickly. I didn't have time to waste. So I was influencing the direction of an event that I couldn't control and influence, like I said, what we did at that point, which ended up really being an amazing thing now for our business, because we have this whole other vertical of offering the virtual classes, the live virtual. Now all this in-person is coming back and boom, like I said, we... At 33 years old, uh, 33 years in business, we are, we've done better than we've ever done. And we were doing good pre-pandemic, but now it's like, wow. So as an assistant too, though, it's, you know, you can influence that, the course that something happens. And throughout their day, you know, as at EA, things are happening all the time, really for all of us, right? They're constantly changing but it's looking at where can you influence the next step? How are you influential in the next step? You know, what are you saying? What are you doing? You can influence conversations. You know, I just talked about this with my staff the other day because we were talking about conference and the kind of speakers we want. And um, the conversation came up about, well, I, you know, if two people are disagreeing and they're in a meeting, I can't step in and do that, you know? And I said, yes, you can. You're an influencer and that you can be that middle person. You're not taking sides, but you're influencing the way the conversation goes. And you can actually uh, help the tension in the room go down. You know, just by saying, Abigail, I hear you saying this. Mary, I hear you saying that. Obviously, you have different views and opinions. Why don't we go into this further? Do you see I can be that influencer? And immediately the tension in the room will kind of come down. Uh, Assistants can influence their own, like I said, their careers, their communications. You know, communications is huge. What we say makes a difference. How we say it makes a difference. Our energy level makes a difference. If I'm not very energetic, Right. And I'm trying to convince a group of assistants about changing a process and but I'm kind of blase about it. Well, I'm not going to have much influence. So it's in every facet of our life. Right. If you think about it from the Mm -hmm. time you wake up, I'm even in the morning while I'm in the shower, I'm already shaping my day and influencing. You know, the course I want things to take. Now, again, they don't always at all pan out like I want, but it's what do I do in the moment where I influence the outcome? Does that yeah. Make, I don't know. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes,
0: yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I really feel like, um, with respect to assistance, it's the perception with influence so if you are perceived as somebody who is a good time manager who is efficient who is effective who is able to organize who gets to the point who saves people time this will elevate your influence and it it comes back to what i was saying before about the energy what you were saying around energy management is that people will perceive you then as somebody who can get it done And that is influence in essence. So, yes.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm excited because you're saying, yeah, that that time piece of it. Um, And as that executive or administrative professional, you interact with so many different people within the organization. I'm thinking about, you know, when I worked in, in some really big offices and big organizations and You know, it it was even going being able to go down to the printing department and I need a rush job and I'm time. It's time, right? It's time. It's got to go. It's urgent. You've got to move fast. I don't have time to waste. My executive's waiting. They're going to do a big meeting or actually he's leaving to catch a plane. I don't have time. Let's go. But it's influence comes because I built relationships previously Mm. with people you influence not through power and being aggressive and abrasive we influence because we really cared about other people and we demonstrated that um and today a lot of people speaking of time you know where we are today is we're all back in a uh, supersonic mode basically right everybody's back to the craziness um, kind of forgot what it was like to slow down. And we all love it. We all love that we're so busy again because after so many years of not, right? The caution is don't get so caught up again though that you're not making the time again to be with family, to be with friends. Make the time throughout your day to assess your work. So many people feel, and this goes to time management, it's not just checking everything off and moving through quickly. Yes, I do that, but I take time to stop and assess where I am. Like usually two o'clock, 2, 2.30, every day I look at, okay, these are how many hours I have left in my day. I look at my tasks, my projects, what are my priorities? What must I get done before this work day ends? So we also have to take time to focus, to assess. And the other piece I wanted to mention really quickly is one of my techniques is to be future focused. We're often so focused in this moment, what I've got to get done by today or what I need to have done by Friday, the weekend. But you have to take time and look two and three and four months out personally and professionally. What is on the horizon? So you can better manage time. You can identify your projects, your priorities, and then those fold into your weekly to-do list and your daily to-do list. Don't be so focused in the now that you don't even see what's on your horizon. I know six months out from now, you know the things that I know are gonna be coming down the pike. And so how do they all fit together? And so my belief too with time is, is the more proactive you can be the better because we're in reactive mode a lot. So I wanna equip myself and others to learn to be proactive. And the only way you can be proactive is to take time to see what's on the horizon. Mm, That
0: is such a top tip there. And I'm just conscious of time and I've got three amazing questions that I still want to ask you. So I would love to hear your perspective on how you design your life now, based on everything that you do um, and you don't do. And so I'm gonna tie two questions together. I love to ask this one because I, I truly believe that there is a difference between people who have a respect for time and people who are learning how to get to that place. So the question is, Joan, tell us something that you believe other people don't do when it comes to managing their time that you do do and then tie this into perhaps how you are using your time on a day-to-day basis if there's things that you start your day with this you end your day with that Mm. what's your routine so two kind of questions merged into one (laughs) what do you do that people don't do and I'm always surprised by the answer to this question.
1: Uh, okay, so I uh, I focus in the moment. So where a lot of people multitask and they believe that's they're getting more done, focus is really uh, critical and crucial to my success. Meaning whether I'm in a Zoom meeting, I'm doing a podcast right now, whether I'm talking to someone in my office, Wherever, whatever I'm doing, I am focused in that very moment. I'm not doing two and three things at once. Um, Not that I don't ever have a cup of coffee and walk, okay? But I'm not, you know, uh, on a phone call and I'm reading emails. That just slows you down. So I'm really good and I've developed that ability to focus and that in a very distracting world. So a lot of people right away, they've got to go to their phones, right? They hear a text, they see it, bling, whatever. No, I don't care right now. I'm not looking, you know, unless I know that maybe there's somebody that might be trying to get a hold of me. Here's another little tip. I don't need to wear those, um, those wrist pieces. Now I've been, I'm sorry. I know everybody's got them and Apple. Sorry. I know they're out there and all of that. And I refuse to get one. I do not want to be dinged and binged every moment. And that's all I see people do. Instead of looking at you or being in the conversation, that little wrist thing goes off and they're always looking at it. Oh, I got to read this. Oh, I got to respond a minute. No, you don't. You don't. So that's one thing I do is I say no. You know, so
0: Joe Bertie's secret sauce uh, is focus.
1: Focus. 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 Um, The other thing I talked about was being the future focused. I value, I make time for the quiet time. And I don't care if you have kids. I did have young kids, and I'd go lock myself in the bathroom in our little house, and I would go sit in the bathtub and take a bubble bath. Again, you know, it's, you don't have to give into this stuff. You're just, then you're just a puppet. That's what you are. You're a puppet and the strings are being pulled by everybody else. And I choose to not be a puppet.
0: Love it. So the second tip there then is to prioritize yourself, whatever, come what may. (laughs) And Joan's tip is take a bubble bath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Take a bubble bath or go away, run away, go away for a weekend, (laughs) whatever. Go to the lake, go to the beach, go get a massage. Um, My basics. Here are some very basics for living in my, my personal life. And I've done this forever. I try to stay organized every, every day. Not every day do I get to do it, but I put things back as I use them. I don't let them build up for a week and then, oh, I've got clothes on the floor and I've got stuff all over here. Now, sometimes that happens. Obviously when we're at conference and that's a whole week, yeah, I'm running, I'm, things are thrown, clothes are here, shoes are there. But other than that, every day when I'm done with something, it goes back. Um, okay,
0: t- tip it. number three. Yes. <laughs> tip number three, Joan Burgess tips, tidy as you go.
1: Yes, tidy as you go. Uh, the other, t- other tip, the next tip, um, have a place for things. In other words, my phone, I always put in the same place in my house. So if I'm in the other room, because I don't carry it with me, I hear it ringing. I know exactly to run to my kitchen. It's on that counter. My keys are in the same place. That's another thing. If you don't keep putting things back where they go, you're going to be running around like this chicken. (laughs) So tip number
0: four, have a place for everything and everything in its place. Love it? Yes.
1: Um, I also enlist other people. I, I have gotten good at delegating. I think the other, another tip is to, um, I, you know, I do have people that clean my house. Now, in the early, early days, I didn't have the money to do that, but I will tell you as, you as you mature and if you have that, don't ever say, I don't have enough money to hire somebody to clean my house once a month. I hear people say that so much. You know what? You would have enough money if you didn't just trickle away your money on little frivolous things, because you also have to look at if I have that help, even once a month or every other week, it actually frees your time to do the things that are really more important and giving you that quality time. So get help where you can. So what I
0: hear there is tip number five, (laughs) buy your time back
1: yes yes for sure um what other tips like for my day-to-day uh oh so my other thing is to make sure i sleep good sleep is really important because that ties to the energy piece so um i try to be off all devices as they say an hour before you're going to go to sleep so you can kind of wind down in get that good night's rest is really important.
0: Fantastic, so tip number six, prioritize your sleep. Joan, I feel like we're going to need to go to eight or 10. So I I actually want to ask you some tips as questions because I feel like this is what the audience would love to know. Um, So tip number seven, around nutrition and time for eating? Because I know one of the big things that I hear with assistants and executive assistants, they are so busy prioritizing the time for others, they don't have time to eat. So tip number seven, your thoughts on eating. How
1: do how do you find time, make time for eating? Uh, well, I've, I've learned to make that time because of my medical situation. So nutrition became very important because Um, it's making that time, which is hard. I get it because typically I will not have, I would not have lunch till maybe two. You know, I, when I'm involved and I'm on a roll, I don't want to stop. I don't want to have that lunch. I don't want to eat. But again, you know, and you don't want to wait till you have a medical emergency to realize you need to feed your body um and i also learned actually through a nutritionist i hired a couple years ago and i'm a good eater i don't junk up a lot and uh, i still enjoy myself though but she had taught me because i was doing these gaps of it i do eat breakfast you know six or seven i had to keep track for three days and when she looked at me she says all right you're having breakfast at seven now you're not giving your body anything till two o'clock you get this big spike then you come down then you spike up she said that is not good you've got to every couple hours have something a protein bar yogurt cottage cheese something so you're on a more even keel you don't want spikes and then you come down that's not burning good energy so again if i want more energy
0: so mm -hmm. tip number seven is x experiment with your nutrition is what I'm hearing you say okay so tip number eight where are you then on this exercise which again is one of those drama words that people don't like so movement let's call it what is your perspective on finding time making time having time for to exercise to move your body every day where where, what's your views on that and how do you do it
1: oh you have to move your body every day so i'm learning you know i'm 71 already so and i want to be healthy and energetic until i'm 95 um the good lord willing but anyway so i have been reading a lot about you have to move your body you have to it doesn't matter just stand up shake move yourself around Um, So uh, that's really, really important, and especially today because we sit at our computers a lot or in front of devices. So anyways, to answer your question, what do I do? I will, well, here at the office, we try to get up every hour and walk around our little building. Um, I just bought a stretcher for our office that I'm going to put in here. It's a body stretcher that you can get on and really just stretch out your whole body, So the other things I do, I love to dance and I love music. So at home, remember, it's just me and my golden retriever. I, while I'm cooking dinner, making dinner, I have the music on and I'll just start dancing or moving around or I'll dance with my dog, just like 10 minutes. You don't even have to do it for a long time. So it's more throughout the day. Um, what I started doing too is in the morning, part of my routine while I'm getting washing, brushing my teeth, washing my face, I have bands that I put on my thighs and I do 20 squats. I crank up the music. and you know it's great. It wakes me up. It gets my blood flowing. I mean, it doesn't really take time. I think if we I do go to the gym and make that bigger gap hour, but that's you know maybe twice a week. So I view it more now throughout the day, these little increments of moving. I even like I'll sweep my garage, you know, because I love things neat, right? And organized, but it's the movement, it's movement. So throughout your entire day, there are things you can do to incorporate it without realizing it.
0: Love this. And that was such a fun thing. So Joan's eight top tips there. And if you listen to this and you have any questions, if anything came up, you'd love to know how Joan manages time around something. Then wherever you're listening to this podcast episode or watching, leave the questions in the comments and we will be so excited to come back to them.
1: And I have to tell you one important thing to little secret really quick. Yeah, I yeah, always, I do make time to have my glass of wine when I get home. I love, <laughs> not every night, because when I go to the gym, I don't, then I have a protein shake. But I take that time for a half hour to decompress from my work day to settling and transitioning over to home day. Love so wine, I- drink wine, no. <laughs> 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 or You could have a glass of milk. It's just sit with that little beverage and decompress.
0: (laughs) I love this. I love I I really enjoy hearing how people organize their time and you just hit the nail on the head there with that word transitioning between the different activities. And this is something that I'm sure you'll be talking about at conference um the amount of science now that there is around the fact that when we move from task to task we actually are leaking energy because our attention went into something and then we have to switch to another task they call it task switching there's lots of neuroscience around it but um this is why these back-to-back zoom meetings don't actually work so anybody who has the ability to organize and prioritize the time of others just bear in mind that this task switching actually really does impact energy management. And Joan talked about energy management earlier. And I know you've got an energy management training um, on this as well. Joan, the time has flown. Oh, my goodness. Right. What have you got coming up this year, 2024? Tell us about it.
1: Oh, I have some uh, very exciting things. First, First thing we're doing that's really different that we've never done is offering tech classes. And I'm not teaching them because our expertise is interpersonal and intrapersonal skills, but I have an amazing uh, gentleman, Mike Song, who I've known for years, who he is the uh, tech expert um and well-known author and so forth but anyways we're going to start digital efficiency for administrative excellence and he's our our in he's going to be our expert leading those classes starting in february so we're super excited we have our Enlighten event which is our mid-year june event it's two days of virtual live virtual training Um, Conference, of course, is our biggie. We're already, it's already launched and we are already taking registrations for that. So we have the in-person and the live stream. Uh, Our designation courses that we teach virtually now, you know, which we pivoted to in 2020, our world-class assistant and our STAR Achievement Series. So those are certifications, but you can obtain a designation with it. Our monthly free webinars you know in april we do all our admin stuff um yeah we're just so ready right. to. Go. We'll, we will be ready to go we close two weeks here's another secret we we shut down for two weeks you know at christmas and so we all can just relax and enjoy the holidays and get rejuvenated so then we can really uh, come out fresh and kick off the new year. And by the way, I'm claiming 2024 as the year of influence. And so throughout the year, we're going to to really have a lot of content around that whole idea of influence.
0: How exciting. So is this your word for the year? Do you do word of
1: the year? Oh, it will be. I don't always do it, but it it is. Yes, we're really delving into this whole, all these facets of influence. So I'm excited about it what what was your word of the year for 2023 i don't know what word did i have for this year i don't know we did i mean i didn't really claim a word sometimes i do claim words for the year um our, our theme for our conference was the multi-dimensional assistant which i guess i guess that could have fit this year because as i started going out um i In person, again, I realized how the world had changed since 2019, multidimensional in terms of, um, and this is a whole different subject, but, you know, people now tell us the gender they want to be identified as. And, you know, just the complexity now and the intricacies of everyone out there in our workplaces. And so being empathetic and being considerate and being tolerant, I think has been a year, maybe of things we focused on this year without realizing it, you know, as our world evolves and people evolve.
0: Amazing. Um, so as we're wrapping up this conversation here today, then where can we find you online? Where's the best place? Where does your team hang out? Where do you hang out? And obviously all the links will be in the show notes.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, well, officedynamics.com dot com certainly is where as far as a lot of information and content and blogs um, for our Facebook. Of course, Office Dynamics Facebook is where really they're gonna be able to to catch everything. And also we have a group um, assistant exchange that we've had on Facebook now as a special group. There's 5,400 very engaged, active people, assistants on there. We don't even have to push conversation. I mean, it's just amazing, but that is where we do post a lot and a lot of content and have conversation. Also on a personal side, You could go to Facebook, Joan Burge, live a big life. If you want to learn just kind of a peek into my personal life, you'll see every once in a while, what am I doing there to live my big life? And then um, on LinkedIn, we have the Office Dynamics, LinkedIn, and then Joan Burge, LinkedIn. Um, And yeah, you could call the Office. Feel free to call the office, say hello. If you're in Las Vegas, stop by. (laughs)
0: Fantastic. Um, Just before we wrap this up, there was a phrase that you told me when you were going through your health situations. And I would just love you to share this phrase with the audience from the point of view of we're born, we live, we die. But if some of us are fortunate enough to get a second chance what was your phrase in that situation
1: yeah, my phrase was i'm not done yet so you know i uh, obviously there was a reason some reason why i i lived through all of that and and also though you know was part of it was my attitude I mean, I, I'm, that's not all of it, obviously the medical side, but I also do believe that our attitude plays a lot in healing our bodies and shaping and influencing our lives. And so, you know, I always say I'm not done yet. It's just even then when the pandemic hit me, I'll be darn if I was going to close my doors after all the hard work I put in. I'm just like, Jack, go ahead, throw it at me because I'm not done. And I still feel the same way. I am not done. I still have a lot of things I want to do and a lot of people I want to be with. (laughs) Love it, love
0: it, love it. Well, Joan Burge, it has been a privilege and an honor to have you on the podcast for this conversation today. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) And you'll be at our conference really quick. You're speaking at our conference in 2024. Yeah,
0: watch this space. I will be in Vegas, my first trip to Vegas. I have never been before, so exciting. So my friends, until next time, stay safe, stay well, and remember, it's your time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to let me know by leaving a review so I can keep the good stuff coming. Come and say hi on Instagram at success by Design training or visit my website, successbydesigntraining.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search Abigail Barnes. Until next time, don't forget, you are amazing and it's your time.